Welcome to the Feral Minds Podcast. You are right where you need to be, and we are glad you're here. Come seek with us as we laugh at what we have known and find direction from what our curiosities demand we learn. All right, all right, all right. Welcome to Purposeful Living, L-I-V-I-N. This has been a topic that's been bouncing around in my head lately with some of the conversation I've been having with the Gen X crowd I speak so fondly of, those right around here in our 40s. You hear us all trying to talk about how our kids are finding purpose, where they're making their choices in life, because right now my mind's getting that 16-year-old range, junior, and starting to hit that point in life where we take our, our child, this this person that's, I don't even know how you could call these a young adult. To me, there's no way you're a young adult until you're up in your 20s. But not to argue the semantics on that, but that, that time where you start to look at this, at this child still, really, and, and you look them in the eye and you say, decide right now what you want to do with the rest of your life. And that's an intimidating thing that we're doing to them. It's a heavy moment. It and is. we've also been asking them since they were four, five, six, what do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to be re- when you grow up? And that voice gets a little louder as you start touching the end of these high school years. So... Are you advising him? What are you, what are you telling him? I didn't really have to tell him anything. <laughs> he, came, he came to me one day and he said, Dad, we, uh, we went out to, uh, to do a tour today at the, at the Votech. And he had a lot of good things to say about how it was going to relate to his school schedule. So for, every, for everybody's benefit, I don't think Votech is, is used synonymously everywhere. What, describe to people what a Votech is. So, I, honestly, I don't know a whole lot about it either. It stands for vocational technology, if I understand right, from my days. I just remember whenever I was growing up, you were taught that that was the losing end of a choice in life. Like if you went to, went to the college, then you were winning. That was the right answer. Whenever I was sat down at that age and asked, what do you want to do with the rest of your life? Yeah, I was, I, a, I was a product of Votech, so I, I, I can give you a little bit of technical background on what that was. For me, it was about a year in automotive technology, and that was a chance for me to bang my knuckles on old Buicks that had cigarette stains by the thousands in the back. We would get these donor cars, and it was funny. We would do things in those cars like we would hide cigarettes in the cars. The cars became a little bit of our entourage, a little bit of the play. And so if you can imagine a bunch of kids with, I don't know, at that point in time when I was that young, I really didn't have great intent. I was just kind of there because it wasn't a book I could, I had to read or something I had to regurgitate. So it, it sounded like it made sense, but it was a wild playground where they gave us tools and there were some kids in there that were on an alternative education path, and I was walking right next to it. But it was the first time that I thought, wow, education can be physical. Because I thought the whole time I had to do all this work in my mind. And my body kind of just got drug along to it. And then all of a sudden I'm in a Votech, and I, I did automotive technology is what they called it, which, mm-hmm. like I said, was a great way to bang used-up tools against an 85 Buick Riviera that smelled like it had been in, on the bottom side of a lake for at least a couple of years. They were, they were just vehicles that mankind really didn't care too much about. The vehicles that you go to when you go to a carnival and you can pay $5 and knock the heck out of the, the back end of a trunk with a sledgehammer, mm-hmm. right? Before they get there, they hang out at the Votech for just a minute. 
So that's what a Votech is. It's technical college that I think is somewhat evolving now because the trades are kind of morphing into some of these digital collar jobs. And so I think they do have a few more layers than they once did. But for me, and for, I guess for anybody else out there, this is where you go to learn to work with your hands and maybe a little more so than you do at a traditional school. Yeah, yeah. Like you're saying, you, you learn the, the vocational technologies. And, and there are much more that go on there besides just being the next step in a level of car decay. Although that is a funny one. that It, it was a great to, place to be. It yeah, was a blast. It's like, it's like that car donated its, its organs to science. It's, it's essentially it's, what it's like if, you know You know when you go to a pull-apart or a salvage yard, and there's this hunt for Red October where you're trying to find the alternator for this old Buick that you have or whatever you're trying to do on the cheap. It was like that. And so you had a bunch of 17-, 16-year-old kids in this collective old cars that nobody cared about. And we were able to tinker with them. We were able to take them apart and try to put them back together. Sometimes we didn't even do that. We were able to rip the side mirrors off when nobody was looking. We were able to rip down the headliner. Oh, we, would, we would just have all these engagement with these cars as if they were our peers. And we were just shoving them around in the back corner or throwing an elbow at them or giving them a wet willy in their ear. The cars became part of the makeup of the interaction of the, of the group. And it was a great time for me. It was something that helped me a lot. In that moment, also, it taught me to learn that I didn't want to be a technician, but I, I, I was able to get that on my hands to make that discovery. Yeah, two things that, like I'll say on that, as you hit me up first off, yeah, I didn't know much about Votech. So I know, as you've mentioned in, in your past, we both have agreement that when you look at the, what Votech was perceived as when we were coming in high school, it wasn't where you wanted to be. You it would be the one that ended up there if you thought, well, I'll never give it to college. Maybe this is only me that I heard from society, but no, it seemed to me was. If your parents- society was telling every single kid coming out of high school, yeah. if you don't go to college, you've failed. Now, good luck with that. And then Votech was this kind of catch-all that, hey, maybe you don't have to fall all the way to the bottom rung of society. We might be able to catch you here. And I, I want to say all these things with the proof that I've evolved in my understanding and what I think about Votech. As my son came to me, and, and was talking about his idea for it. He went into aviation mechanics, aviation te- technology. I actually don't even know exactly what, but that, you, that's you what get they the do. Yeah. Any, anything about. with a wrench, put a tech on the end of it, and, and that's a discipline. And so he's telling me, this is something I can do instead of going to the other half of some high school electives. That I mean, let's be honest. If anybody even remembers what those were, were they that helpful for you? No, or would you have rather gone and banged your knuckles around on, I, on an I, automobile or like my son, go out there and learn about aviation technology? And when he does that, he started talking about some of the doors this opened up. And when I talk about doors, even though they might still be in the aviation realm, you can go into that and you can be sales in aviation. You can stay in the mechanical realm. You can go and become a pilot. You can go teach what you've learned as well as a technical instructor. There's so many options that this opens up just by him going and spending half his day in high school without any additional cost. And so he came to me with this, what I thought was a wonderful idea. And beyond just what he's going to be doing for two years, after that, he comes out of high school with a guaranteed skill. Whether you do or don't want to go to college, there is nothing wrong with carrying around an extra skill in life. Even if that is, because we all know most of us have to work through college, if that is where you even end up, what kind of job would you rather have while you're doing it? And, and we hold ourselves back from it because there's this myth that if you, you don't follow the exact path and go into college right when you finish high school, then, well, you'll just never go. So you have to go right now, and you have to decide what you're going to do with your life right now and start spending 
enormous amounts of money so that we can make that happen for you. Yeah, it's that's great take that you you have here. That this is an opportunity for him to learn a skill that he can then build upon, as opposed to when we're in traditional school, we're kind of running around in the humanities. We're not running it around in topics that people transact on. These aren't people don't pay me for my knowledge and social skills. In order to do that, I got to turn around and sell that knowledge to somebody else in the form of teaching. But when you learn something around a, a central topic that has knowledge. Because knowledge is a barrier for those that don't have knowledge. And that's what Votex offer. They offer you an opportunity to get your hands in a physical field. And for me, the dividing line at, when I was growing up was if you had high hopes for your kid, you would have been very disappointed that he went to Votech. Mm-hmm. If you were thinking your kid was going to end up in jail, then you would say, okay, all right, Vo- Votech, maybe that'll be it. Maybe that'll You're make crossing your back. fingers. Please, yeah. let's hope he ends up And I was in that bucket. <laughs> I was in that bucket where – I could have gone left, or I could have gone to San Quentin. It was questionable. But it also had a lot to do with my need to be physical and me not having an outlet. If, if, if the mind-body connection is 50-50, school's only giving it about a 90-10 split. And, and I, I get to play football at the end of the day, and I get this PE that was playing crab kick soccer or, or playing horseshoes with Nerf horseshoes. It was, it was never anything that was really demanding of you. And so when I, when I came across Votech, it was like, I get to think and move at the same time? Th- this is incredible. It didn't end up where I was. But ironically, to, to build on your story, years later in the CAT Network, one of the things that I ended up doing as a, as a unit manager is I managed technicians. And so I was a technician for a moment because that led me to a job or a sequences of jobs in, in car dealerships which, that were good for me. They really gave me structure. They introduced me into work that wasn't fast food. I met colorful people, which is probably what kept me in that line of work, is I felt the personalities that came out of the trades. And I loved the personalities. So I probably ended up either consciously, subconsciously, staying in that lane. It wasn't automotive. It was heavy equipment, but it rhymed. We had technicians, and we had people swinging wrenches. And so what he's doing here is, one, he's trying something. He's trying something that he can turn into a usable skill. And this may not be what he wants to do, but it is something that he'll get some experience from that will be an inflection point for him to move into some other direction, which he will eventually find the purpose or the calling that he has because he's starting to sample, okay, how am I going to spend my time? How am I going to get society to compensate me for my efforts? And, and going to Votech is a way to start playing in those various flavors of existence. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a good way. What I heard him say when he got done, and to touch on a couple of the points you're saying there on the financial side, what, what I think you're going to do is you're not going to be a big financial burden on me. I said, nor are you going to be a big financial burden on your future self with that kind of decision. What costs us so much as parents paying for our kids education or development, or even if we have to ourselves, is that that feeling of a need to lock in to something that's supposed to give you the highest amount of money at the end of it. See, the two problems with that is, one, the locking in. We're not teaching our, 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 our children to be resilient when we do that. We're, we're not teaching them to be a verb in life. Living, L-I-V-I-N, that's, that's a verb. That's not a noun. You're not looking for a place to stay. We need to be looking for places to go and grow. 
And whenever we say that you have to go pick something, stay in the same place, well, you're not giving yourself that chance to develop. We're starting to do this even at a younger age when you start looking at how little league has become. I think we've talked about this in, in our own conversations. When I was a child, you could play three or four sports all the way up into high school. It was nothing to be able to play baseball, basketball, football. They really encouraged and soccer. It. They yes. encouraged it. Your, your coaches would tell you, listen, I want you to run track. I want you to work on this. Through track, you would strengthen your ability to play football. I had a coach one time that he encouraged me to the point of telling me, you need to play basketball this season. And it was a long, long, horrible trip down, down what I thought we were just going to shoot hoops. But I got a taste of it, which spinned me right back to football. But what you said there, when you start looking for what you want to do in life, you should never stop looking. You should never conclude that I've reached this certain point and I'm an architect and I'm only going to be an architect now. This is just all I will be. And I think there are some trappings there in what we call successful careers that actually end up being long tours of duty and monotony. If you're a dentist on year 15, if you're a lawyer on year 20, if you're an architect on year 25, you've been locked into the same thing for a long time. And we know when humans get into a pattern of doing the same thing over and over again, what happens? They become disenfranchised with that activity. And so you've got to start looking. And your son, you say he's 16 now? Yes. Okay, so at 16, you've got a lot of runway in front of you. But it's a really good idea to get them sampling what exactly they can do with their life and just see what talks to them, see what calls to them, and realize there is no right or wrong. And I think that is a parental pitfall. We start to think that if our kids are not high-level professionals, that in some lens, whether it's ours or our parents or or the next-door neighbors, they're not doing something successful. Yet I know all these people that went to Votech that end up owning their own businesses that do very well in life. And they chose an alternative career path that, is, that runs almost parallel with the child that chooses four or five years of college and then a corporate job that eventually they're going to figure out, okay, I've got to lead people. Like, I can't just be an individual performer forever. I won't really get paid. So at some point in time, I have to start being a leader of people. And so when you start talking about a young man trying to figure out what he wants to do, even if it's not aviation tech, there's 14 other disciplines right there in that same facility, and he can pivot to another one. And if he doesn't like that one, pivot to another one. And eventually he'll find something he likes. But the difference is developing through exploration versus developing through a predetermined destination. And that if you don't go to college, and you and I have both been to college, we know there's a lot of gaps in what college actually does for you in this effort that we call higher learning where the professors don't want to be there because they want to be out on the lecture circuit making 600 k a year. The students don't want to be there because they're young and you're now shoving 13th, 14th grade on them. And so you have adjunct and staff that are teaching at universities. We don't pay a lesser rate for who teaches us. I don't pay a discounted hourly tuition rate because I didn't get the special lecture tour guy. I pay the same rate no matter who's teaching me. So the colleges have really become a curious puzzle that they're failing to evolve and we're all kind of just running along with it because that's the narrative because if you don't go to college then you're going to fail 
Well, if but you don't ability, go to college, you don't maximize your money-making potential. Like, that's what we keep telling our kids that you have to do, and that's why college becomes the main narrative that we say, because they feel like that's the only way there. Well, the corporations hold that out as well. So corporations require you to have jobs. They require you to have degrees for certain jobs. And the corporations ensure that the colleges are relevant, and we believe that we don't get the great job unless we navigate our way through college, and the corporation dictates that. And then there's this dirty thing called debt that comes right over the top of all that. And we start we, we saddle our youth with incredible debt that they cannot even bankrupt themselves out of that goes in at enormous interest rates, rates that, that are, are really at, at I, and what I would consider used car lot style rates is what we're running higher education through. And then you can't bankrupt out of it. You can bankrupt out of nearly every else. You can get a reset for nearly everything else in your life except for student loans. And what do you get for those? I I look back at my college, and again, I was lucky enough that the company I was in, I was management paid for it, so I didn't have the student loans. But I still took the same classes that a lot of people took that went into that crippling debt you're talking about. And when I look back on some of those classes, I have classes like bowling as an elective that you have to pay, that you in some way, shape, or form are required to take for that piece of paper. And I don't know when or how it did start disconnecting, but I do not believe that a lot of the degrees that a college will let you pay for now are coinciding with what corporations want. They don't even dictate anymore. The the college just decided they can start selling degrees to whatever somebody will pay for it. They don't really even have to have something on the back end that's going to get you somewhere. And the tuition increases that we've seen over our lifetime, college was fairly affordable, affordable when I went through it. I did have I had student loan debt. I had to pay that off. It took me about seven, eight years to pay that off. That's one of the first things you start cracking at. So it also it, it, there's a curious connection there to hiring individuals that you dictated that they had large sums of debt at a young age. So if I have to go buy a college degree in order to get a job, that ensures that I have debt that now has indentured me to working at a young age. And that's a real, I don't know that there's a nefarious red curtain involved, but it, it's odd to me that the organization that is, is requiring you to have a degree also benefits from the fact that you now owe debt and the fact that they have to keep showing up and working for you. Their freedom is now in somewhat in bondage, right? So I'm now bonded to organizations to pay off the debt for the college degree that they required me to have, even though the skill sets don't necessarily match what they're looking for. And you and I know that as hiring managers. I've hired people from college that you kind of look at it and wink, wink, going, yeah, I wasn't prepared either. Welcome to the club. Yeah, we can get out and talk about how much we didn't learn or what we thought we were supposed to learn or what. however this worked out, it doesn't seem like I should owe a hundred grand for it. No, you shouldn't. And and I can sit here. This is how pointless some of it is. I, I sat here and already brought up that bowling is my example of how ridiculous it is that we're having people go into debt to pay for that class. The reason I specifically bring that one up, though, you want to know the, one of the most beneficial college classes I took? <laughs> <laughs> it was college Starts bowling. with a B? It All right. I, All right. I utilized that class way more than umpteen others that I can't even remember right now. So that's what you're dealing with. There's Whenever you look at that, that college option, and then we're telling all our children that's the best place to go choose, 
this is your best option? Yeah. Like, I, I just I can't believe that this is still going on. And to an extent, it's starting to fall off the boat. It's going away. Just the other day, I saw uh, someone put a post out there on a media thing that was saying, hey, it's time to start op- op- opening our kids' eyes to what Votech has to offer. Well, I, it's time to open our kids' eyes to the ability they have to choose. Yeah, so, so let's back up to college. My tour through college and what I would – I'm not going to say I didn't get anything from college. I think that, that's not accurate. College proved that I could be consistent. I walked that line for quite a while. My, my, my sophomore year, daddy nearly had to come get me. And that I had to get right up to the fence post, right up to that electrical fence and go, whoa, I feel a little heat coming off to get myself back up in that lower quartile. I was always, mm-hmm. it came to academia, I wanted to be like, okay, what do I have to do? Where's the bar? Okay. When do you kick me out? All right. And I needed to know about where I was going to get kicked out and I was going to exist right there. And that's the way I did my academic life, whether it was in high school or undergrad, I went on to grad school. I was always in the belief that my business was to do bare minimum. And that may be my work ethic. It may be my personality. It may be the fact that I would rather just stand around, talk smack about you name it, than read a book and then regurgitate it. I don't know. But in, <laughs> when I look back, I had some great times. I met my wife in college. Uh, I had all these friends in college. It was it's a weird thing to try to untangle now as as I have a kid not quite as old as yours, but I have this decision coming to me, and I have am leaning toward the decision of experimentation. Let let's keep looking for what you want to do until you get a burning desire in your belly. And when you get that burning desire in your belly, that's what I want you to follow. I don't care if that's gardening or playing the flute. Whatever lights you up on the inside is what I want you to chase. And so I'm not going to use a comparison of – because I think when you go back to Little League, an interesting dynamic that I felt – and I've coached Little League. I coached a couple years of of coach pitch, a couple years of t-ball. What I felt and when when I feel parents starting to really specialize their kids – the worry is in getting behind. That's the worry. Mm-hmm. I think it is. I, I almost like if we scrape off the mental patina of what's going on there, I don't even know that we're pushing for success so much as we don't want them to fall out of the herd. Well, yeah, we're just, we're just teaching them to not be enough based on some invisible barrier that they'll never know where it is or what even enough is. We just can tell them explicitly right now, you're not enough. <laughs> so that seems to be the, th- the the feeling you get from a message like that, I, I hear. It's not a race. Your development is not a race. Nobody has to be somewhere at the age of 24 or 34 or 45 or 55. In that same book, it says the race is long, and in the end, it's only with yourself. That's it. What you got chasing in your mind is what you're going to have to go against. And you've got to figure out how to be enough. I reference a Leonard Skinner song here with Simple Man. Teach yourself not the lust for the rich man's gold. What you have and all you need is in your soul. And that's what we need to teach these kids, that just by being who they are is enough. They don't have to keep going and, and, and chasing to be something they're not. And then more importantly, lock into it because now you can't afford to get out of it or this is where you were told you have to be, so stay here. Yeah, I can't imagine what it would have been like because it, it does, to me, have a correlation. 
the same thing like right now, in theory, you go up to those 18, 19, 20-year-olds and say, decide what you want to do with your life and make a huge financial investment towards that is similar to going to a five-year-old and saying, do you want to play baseball, soccer, football, or basketball? And what you pick, you don't have a choice. Except for we got a hundred. Also, you we got can't 100K. stop. We got you a, can't stop. And we got a hundred k on black on this one. Right? Yeah, <laughs> like this isn't. We're gonna we're gonna move over to soccer and then volleyball. This is okay. The tabs running now, and and they're gonna do you the grace for two years. They're gonna teach you basically what was twelfth and thirteenth thirteenth grade. They're gonna give you that again. And me as the parent, or you as the debt holder, being the child, you're gonna fund that. But you got two years of general studies. When you're not really even exposed to what you might be trying to chase. And, and I always found it, I found it puzzling when you look at colleges, the career services building is always some crack over in the, the far distant part of the university that you don't engage with until you're in your final year. And even then, the engagement's kind of hazy. Whereas if I could construct a world where I was, I was going to help a kid get to the place where only they know they need to be. It's not my business to tell anybody where they need to end up because I, I don't own the nature of who they are to be able to advise them. I would advise everybody to explore, explore. And so when my kid comes, I'm going to encourage her to go to Votech. We'll see if I can make that. I may not be able to make that happen. But my encouragement is going to be Votech, and then we're going to try to find people in your life that you can go shadow for a day. And so if you think you want to be a florist, I'm going to find a florist for you to hang out with for a little bit. And we'll start having some conversations that gets them out of the theory and into the physicality. That's teaching. That's like you're telling them how to figure out what they want. You're not going to tell your kid what they want. I'm telling you, live it. Don't read it. Live it. And I I think it's a shame that we don't line kids up to live the experience of what they're going to be in a career. I'm sure there are some examples where people have interns. It should be mandatory. It should be mandatory that you are interning early stages when the money starts coming on, when it, when it starts, we're talking about college. I mean, we can do it in high school as well. Start exposing them to not just a title, a physical reality of a role, and allow them to see four or five or six. Give them something to go on other than reading paragraphs about what it might be. And we don't do a great job of, of helping them experience the world that's in front of them. The thoughts really piled up this episode. Join us next time. We will continue the discussion. We would like to thank you for listening to the Feral Minds podcast. Hopefully we triggered some curiosity that will have you seeking more. Remember, your mind is meant to run. Slap some sneakers on that bad boy and take it around the block. If you'd like to connect with us or enlist our feral thoughts on a problem in your life, visit us on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, or at theferalminds.com. Also remember, our thought line is always available. 24-7, we don't even allow it to sleep. And we want to hear from you. That number is 866-340-3394. Again, that number is 866-340-3394. We look forward to hearing from you.